We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Zach Barry here with you. This uh, afternoon, kind of a weekend podcast, late Friday afternoon podcast, a uh, traditional mailbag. I, I did a little bit of a mix-up, told people to give us some buy and buy or sales today. So I've got a few of them, got some uh, normal questions as well on a Friday mailbag. Not much has happened as far as Ole Miss news here in the last, uh, I guess, 36 hours or so since we've talked to you last. Ole Miss has their best ever uh, ranking in the Learfield Directors Cup. Mississippi State won a national championship. We'll touch on both those things and get to your questions. To uh, today here in a few minutes. First, I'll tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. If you're coming to town this weekend. Check out a clean convenience store. Good gas prices. The uh, lunch specials that are five sixty nine. Two sides bread. Thirty two ounce drinks as well as the uh, Speed Pass Plus out where you earn points and save money there with the Oxford Exxon. Coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900. They're in Amory, Mississippi, Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy, and he will take care of you, Corey. A uh, <clears throat> longtime uh, partner here with the uh, with the podcast. So when you're closing your deal, Mention the show, get a little extra extra discount, a little extra bonus there with Clark Ford and Zach joining me on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, Raptors in Oxford, New Albany, Raptors on the water. we got great weather this weekend here locally in North Mississippi, a little cooler than uh, usually for uh, the first weekend in July, holiday weekend. So let Raptors be part of that weekend for you. Again, Oxford, New Albany, and Raptors on the water. Zach, you uh, were mentioned a minute ago, we we were setting everybody up for game three of the College World Series. Last time we talked, Mississippi State dominates Vanderbilt in that game three, shuts out the Commodores 9 nothing to win the, uh, win the national title. It, it's, it's very fair at this point, um, I think, to be very, very happy for a lot of my friends um, that I know. I mean, I'm, I'm from Amory. It's a pretty big state town in some ways. I know a lot of people I'm very happy for. As a fan base, they do kind of deserve it in a lot of ways, um, while at the same time, the, the negatives that it puts on my life in other areas from the fact of, of message boards, what it does to Ole Miss kind of moving forward, what it means for them. There's, there's a mixed bag a little bit since Wednesday night when, uh, when Mississippi State won that national title. Yeah, I, I went ahead and got out ahead of it with uh, some of the uh, friends that I have that went to State. I, when it was 5 nothing, I went ahead and texted them congratulations. Um, I, I felt like at that point 5 nothing felt like 10 nothing. 
the way. So you weren't reverse jinxing. You just thought it was over. <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean, it got to five nothing. We turned it off. Watched uh, the finale of Loki. I, I didn't see the rest of the game. I had no idea they were blowing them out that bad. But yeah, it, yeah, Vanderbilt's offense was so anemic at that point, um, and and Rocker just didn't have his best. And um, yeah, I mean, like we said on our last show. Um, State was the better team. They were playing better. Um, they, they, like you said, they deserved it. Yeah, and, and when I say their their fan base deserved it, what I, I'm going to catch some crap for that if I don't elaborate a little bit. Ole Misses does too. You know, the, the, the schools that put so much into the sport that have not won a national title, that frankly don't get Omaha appearances from an Ole Miss standpoint, they do. They, they deserve success. I mean, that's the one thing we talk about with Vanderbilt is they have very little fan base – they, um, you know, you're, you're not going to see this this loyal, huge following from a Vanderbilt standpoint. I mean, it was basically Duty Noble North there in, in, in Omaha over the weekend. So the, 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 the programs like Ole Miss State, I mean, even Arkansas about having a title, the ones that really shaped the college baseball landscape during the regular season, all those programs earned success, you know. I mean, I was talking to a buddy this morning. I didn't really necessarily think this is where I was going on the podcast, but I just got thinking about it for a second. And it's it's my biggest argument or the the counter to what I mentioned a couple of days ago. We were talking about how does this affect Ole Miss? What is State doing well? How does that affect Ole Miss? And, yes, in traditional college athletics, selling tons of season tickets, booster involvement, those are the things that promote change when they don't happen or they do happen or whichever one we're talking about there, vice versa. At the same time, though, I don't necessarily like that – automatically the stadium and the attendance thing is some contributing factor. Because in some ways, if you think that a change is need to be made, but money's still pouring in, all you're doing is harming, in theory, a loyal fan base. Do you understand what I mean? Like, hey, I'm waiting on the fans to not show up to make a change. I'm not saying Keith Carter's doing that. I'm just saying that's a huge part of college athletics. But right. at the end of the day, a dedicated fan base is completely not mutually – it can be mutually exclusive to – the product on the field. I mean, you know, remember, like, I think it was South Carolina in the late 90s. They go, like, 0-10, but they average, like, tons of thousands of people right where they hired Lou Holtz on the whole deal or they just got Lou Holtz. But it's one of those deals where, um, I don't know, I just – it doesn't really sit well with me as it kind of moves forward because it's one of those deals where you don't necessarily want attendance to fall off and to harm a fan base just to make a change. So with baseball especially, there's a middle ground there of, no, just do what's right for the program on the field regardless of what it's doing money-wise or anything else. Well, that's something I brought up the other day, and I hadn't really thought about it, but um, a, good, a good buddy of mine who uh, actually walked on at Ole Miss um, but ended up finishing up his career at UAB. And at the time when he was there, uh, Ron Polk, obviously the legendary Mississippi State coach, uh, was a volunteer assistant there. And he became good friends with Ron Polk. And he told me, you know, when he talked with him about uh, leaving Mississippi State, and he asked him, you know, how difficult was it not only to get fired from the place where you initially, you know, built the entire program, you made your, your, your entire namesake in the sport, and they fire you, not only fired him, the year after they made it to Omaha. And, and, I, and I told somebody that because I was just like, damn, I totally forgot about that. But it's like, look, like Mississippi State wasn't scared to do it. And, I mean, they did it the year after. I mean, that's what Ole Miss did in football with David Gutcliffe. 
one year after going to the Cotton Bowl, well, you suck. All right, sorry, bye. Um, you know, Mississippi State wasn't afraid to do that. And I think that that's kind of where – I see what you're saying. I get, I get both sides of it where it's like you don't want to roll the dice and then everything just completely collapse. But I think from what Mike Bianco has built and what Ole Miss baseball has become socially and just everything about college baseball growing more and more and it just being this event that people do in the spring, I don't think it, it would fully just collapse upon itself. If you made a change, and that, and that has – and I'm saying I don't think it will matter what you do on the field. I think it will still be a thing. Um, obviously, winning more helps with attendance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a, a, a great point to make, and it is a risk, you know, by definition to do that because it's the, you know, winningest coach in SEC baseball right now. Um, he's as consistent as can be. It's just that one last hurdle that he can't get over. Um, that's the one gripe, but, but yeah, I can see both sides there. Yeah, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and by the way, if you hear a bunch of background noise, Zach knows this. I have a trio of essentially five-year-olds in my house, so I'm doing some refereeing and different things, kind of multitasking as we're uh, as we're going to the podcast. Um, I had to open up some muffins a second ago, so um, I was talking about the mini muffins. Do what? Those the little mini muffins? Yeah, the little mini bites things. Dude, we're 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 at that point now where it's when I go to Publix, I have to not go buy those or it'll be meltdown city. I think they were chocolate chip, pretty sure. I think that's the flavor of those these uh these were. But nonetheless, um, the buddy made a good point, and I don't like the word luck. I don't really agree with that, but I agree with the rest of it. He said, "I'm just ready to see if this is might be Inco's luck or Old Miss's luck." And meaning the postseason standpoint, and really it's more about ceiling. Is, is the ceiling that's going on with Ole Miss right now, mm-hmm. is it a Mike Bianco ceiling or is it an Ole Miss baseball ceiling? And right. I think that over 20 years, people are just curious to, hey, let's see what else is out there. And that's not saying that Mike should or shouldn't. That's not the point. But I am getting that a lot with the fan base right now is, hey, it's a good time, especially with State doing what they're doing. They've been to Omaha three times in three years, all those different things to find out, hey, is this is this where we are with the program or not? And you, you you go from there. I mean, so, yeah, there's risk with anything involved. But to me, that's one of the things that has come out of the last 72 hours or so as State has won. Um, you know, look, it's not changing the national landscape. It's not doing anything crazy like that. Baseball is still a relatively niche sport. It's a huge deal. But, you know, Ole Miss has still got to worry about its own program and its own house and do whatever the best that is to, to win or lose regardless yeah. of what uh what state's doing even though it does impact them in a uh, in a large number of ways um also mentioned just uh quickly here and some people question the timing but the timing is because they put out the release this morning um Ole Miss finishes uh 22nd nationally in the director's cup and what that is is that is a year-long measurement of overall athletic departments you get a certain number of points based off your postseason finish in every sport that you compete in a um, little bit of caveat, this is by far Ole Miss's best uh, finish. Their previous best was like 38, 37, something like that. And um, one of the reasons why it's so hard is that it's not an average, it's a sum. So Ole Miss doesn't play as many sports as most schools do. Hence, it's much harder to finish high in the Lear Cup standings. Um, you know, Florida does the best of any SEC school over and over and over again. And I think they're at number five, something like that. But typically, it's really, really hard for uh, for Ole Miss. So um, they uh, they get 100 points for the NCAA championship in women's golf. They got 85 points for women's rifle, finishing third nationally. 
Um, men's indoor track and field finished 10th. Baseball with a Super Regional. Soccer with a Sweet 16. Tennis with a Sweet 16. Men's tennis. Um, softball Super Regional. Men's cross country. Women's cross country. Um, a lot of people did well. The uh, the sports that did not get any points for Ole Miss, they only had three, which is that that I think that's the big deal. All Ole Miss's teams this year, out of all the varsity sports they play, only one didn't go to some semblance of a postseason. That was volleyball. Men's basketball, women's basketball also did not factor in any points whatsoever because they were both in the uh, in the NIT. But uh, everybody else gained some semblance of points for uh, for Ole Miss. So look, you'd like it to be your major sports. You would like for a few of those sports to be a little higher, but. But overall, from an athletic department standpoint, that was a that was a pretty good day for Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean it's it's better to be in the Directors Cup standings than the Fulmer's Cup any <laughs> you know any day. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's I mean that's pretty cool. I mean it shows some some balance across the board. Yeah, there's been a large segment of growth in the Olympic sports. I mean, look, is that going to change the dynamic of your athletic department? No. But I do think there is more marketing push to be successful in those than maybe people give it credit for sometimes. You know, there, there is some pull to be very competitive across the board in the, in the number of sports. But, yeah, men's basketball, women's basketball, you'd like for that to be a little higher and not, not to be one of the sports where there's, a, uh, where there's an issue. So that's the, uh, that's the I, thing there. I feel pretty comfortable in saying I think at least one of those is going to be factoring into next year's director's cup. I think that's very possible too. We actually have a question about that. We'll get to uh, get to that okay. as we uh, as, as we kind of move forward here, jumping into some questions. So um, let's see. Buy or sell? Lane is still here for the first year of the twelve team playoff. And when does that start? Do we know for sure? Is it like next year or the next year? I, I'd okay. I'd buy it. You'd buy that he's here for that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would too. I, I've changed my tune a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to be here forever or anything, but I don't see – part of the reason – I know everybody goes – you know, everybody knows he has some semblance of wanderlust, and he does. But at the same thing, there are only so many jobs that make sense to move on to. And I think that, right. that plays a role that people don't talk about enough with Lane is that, A, he's making a ton of money, and, B, yeah, look, there are definitely a few schools that I would worry if they come open if I'm an Ole Miss fan – but the list is not 25 deep. I mean, you're talking about a handful of jobs that they would hire Lane Kiffin and Lane Kiffin would be willing to go to. I mean, that's that's not a very big list as you really look at it overall nationally. Let's, I mean, what do you let's, let's do it. So, Alabama. But would Alabama State. hire Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm just saying the jobs that he would probably take. LSU. You think you'd go to LSU? I do. Florida. Okay. Florida. Miami. Yeah. With the right administration doing a few things, UCLA. Yeah, because that's a weird one. That's the one that I've told people to worry about. Yeah. And it's like I, I tell people, you, you want Chip Kelly to win there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it's a weird spot. Like they don't – they don't care. Like it's it's yeah, the weirdest thing. They don't quotes, care about it. watching. They don't care. Well, yeah. I mean, if you ever – I mean, you – I think I think you've been to Jackie Robinson Stadium. Like it's <laughs> it's one of the best college baseball programs around. Yeah. And the stadium, I mean, I've seen bigger high school stadiums. It, it's yeah. it's so bizarre. And then they don't play on campus. There's not a ton of investment in football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he goes back to Southern Cal. I don't think he would do that. Um, Oregon, maybe. 
it kind of fits kind of his style of how he's kind of do your own thing, build your own brand. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's been my thing was. Yeah, I mean, like look, he would go to places like Ohio state and Texas and whatever. I just don't think those places are hiring him from, from at least from Ole well, Miss. Well, that's what I was going to say is it, it's not only, it's gotta be the right, it's gotta be the right job, but it's also gotta be open. Cause you can have all these jobs. It's like, Oh man, like that'd be perfect for Lane Kiffin, but it's gotta open up like Oklahoma. Like, oh, like Oklahoma, like he could go there. It, it's a, you know, it's kind of a weird place, you know, mm-hmm. in a weird, you know, kind of funky state. But Lincoln Riley, I mean, I, as far as I know, he's going to stay there for a little bit. I mean, he's flirted with the NFL, but, but yeah, these jobs have to open up. It, it can't just be, oh, well, well, Lane wants it, so he's there. Um, and Ole Miss kind of just oddly fits him pretty close to perfect. I mean, it's a small town. He can kind of just meander about. And, you know, sure, people see him on the square, I'm sure they, they know it's him. But, yeah, I mean, he does the whole hot yoga thing, and he just kind of keeps himself. And he, it's a quiet little, you know, quaint bubble in the state of Mississippi. And it's in the SEC. Um, he's already got the wheels turning for a bunch of renovations and, um, you know, added things to the IPF and to the locker room. And, and that's been, I mean, 20 years overdue. Um, that's a so huge step in this is getting him the correct upgrades in the right areas. Cause without that, I think we're expanding that list. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, that that's, that's recruiting right there. Cause when, when, when prospects go and visit places and they go see Ole Miss and then they go to somewhere like Alabama or Clemson and they're just like, man, this is night and day. They mm-hmm. got to be able to compete in that arena if they want a shot. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think it's, it, it's not a huge list. But I'm buying that he's here, I don't know, at least three, four more years. Okay. Depending on how big he wins. I mean, he rolls out a, you know, he wins 10 games in the regular season a couple of years in a row. I mean, obviously this is, conversation is very different. But, but again, like, it also, what's, what's open? Nick Saban's got some lifetime contract now. So, I mean, he's there until he decides he's ready to retire. Dab, uh, Dabo did say he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna quit if players start getting paid. So yeah, we'll he's, see. A he's not quitting, and B I don't see Alvin work <laughs> at least jumping to Kiffin out of this regime. You know what I mean? He would I think he would need yeah. another job first to be back in those uh in those type of conversations. Take a break in the show to tell you about Community Mortgage, located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis, so getting local underwriting to understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're also brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E-S-P-A-R-C.com. With uh, Northeast Spark, you know, you're getting the best internet around here in the Lafayette County area. I've got it in my home. We've got it in the Clark Ford studio. You get the 100 Mbps or you get the Blaze, the one gig that does power the Clark Florida studio. We've had no issues. Spark here in Oxford. Phone service available as well. Parental controls, network security, and more. It's going in more neighborhoods every single day, every single week. So call, find out if it's there for you. If so, you're going to get download speeds much faster than you're used to if you're not using Spark. Again, 662-238-3159. Podcast also brought to you by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. Remember, if you're a state or a school employee, 
who uh, has an insurance provider who is using CVS Caremark. That is a pharmacy benefit manager. Don't be confused with CVS Pharmacy. Not the same thing. I know the logo looks the same, but if you're using a uh, CVS Caremark uh, provider, you do not have to change anything. You're still good with Tyson Drugs. You're still good with GNM. So really just encouraging you to uh, you know use a local independent pharmacy like GNM, like Tyson Drugs. You're going to receive exceptional services, competitive prices, and you support local business in the process as well. So find out more about that as well as how they deliver locally in the area. 662-236-2222. And with uh, the summer still going on, check out Visit Oxford. VisitOxford.com slash events to see all the different events going on every day, every week here locally if you're in town or you're a local that's here all the time. The Good Night Market is at the Old Armory Pavilion. That's Friday, July 2nd, so take advantage of that. As well as uh, the annual fireworks show, July 4th. Those are going to be over Oxford High School, so you can park anywhere kind of along that cyst, that Oxford High area, for fireworks on Sunday, July 4th, and just uh, something to put in your calendar moving forward. July 17th, end of all music, record store day. There again, Saturday, July 17th. Visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Uh, Walker Bailey, are you buying or selling that Ole Miss finishes with a top 15 recruiting class? In 2022? That's correct, yes. Ooh. Um, so, that had to be a little I'll, better. In, you know, where, again, it's not in yeah. a vacuum, but last had to be a little better than last year. They finished, what, 19, 20, something like that? I'll buy that. A lot of it is based on a lot – I think a lot of guys that they might – get in this class will be reevaluated down the road with the senior season because COVID and everything was different. I think there's some that could potentially get bumped up to a higher three-star or four-star. Um, and I look right now, I mean, we saw it late last night with Xavier Harris committing to Ole Miss. I mean, I think they're in a little bit better standing than people think in the state of Mississippi. And the state of Mississippi is kind of low-key deep this year with talent. Um, I still think they have a really good shot at Kamari Rogers. Um, yeah, there's some there's some names out there that I think uh, could uh, jump in the proverbial boat. Yeah, I'd buy that. Ole Miss finished 17th last year in the team recruiting rankings. Um, 99 points out of the top 15. Wisconsin had 20.55, and Ole Miss had 19.56. Therefore. Uh, for comparison. So just a little better than last year. Yeah, I, frankly, that's a step they need to make. I mean, I, I think you need to have. If you're really moving toward a championship access bowl type level, they need about a top 13 class this season, in my opinion. Something like that. I think that's the over-under where you feel like you're really moving in a direction that makes a lot of sense quickly from a uh, from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, it's got to be at the right, you know, it's got to be at the right positions. You got to fill needs, all those kind of things. But I think 13 is kind of the the over-under for me as this uh as this yeah. um it's it's close, but I I'm I'm I'll buy it. Buy or sell, Bianco survives if Ole Miss hosts a regional but does not advance past it. I'm going to sell that. <laughs> yeah, I'm selling that. Uh, I, I think that's the – at least that, that is what gets into an interesting thing, though, because you host, you obviously had another good regular season, but at some point the sample size is the sample size. No, I, I do not think that he would survive that uh, that situation at all. I don't um, I don't know. That oh, and, I, and, I think, and I think Wednesday 100% impacts that decision. Well, and two, do you know what the immediate fallout would be from a fan environment standpoint if Ole Miss loses another home regional? You know what I mean, too? Like, oh, that's the thing. It's like 
they, that makes for a really, really rough Swayze field there for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's – I feel like that just amplifies it even more because Ole Miss has found a way – what would that be, three in his three tenure? Three 16. Yeah. God, that's yeah, – you, you can't get past that. Well, and when your wouldn't. losses in those two are Utah, Tulane, and Tennessee Tech. <laughs> yeah. That plays a which, role. Uh, which what, – what, what's uh, – Coach Pierce, who's now at Texas. That's correct. Yep. What um, a what a glow, what a glow up for him. Yeah. Jake Texas. Rogers was their catcher that was really good. Did he? And Utah did, actually was a four seed that won the Pac-12. Yeah. Was the, that? Was that walk off? Did it hit the foul pole or did it just get in? Wasn't it close? I I, I did not remember it going right down the line. Okay. I mean, it was still at field. Yeah, I did not for remember it reason. going down the line. Um, okay. Although I was also trying to get down into the media room quickly because you had to get through the crowd. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting the game to end right then. Yeah. So that was um, a problem, too. Um, buy or sell, the women and men's basketball teams make the NCAA tournament. I'm going to sell that. Um, the question is both. Yeah. Um, I do not think Ole Miss is going to make the men's NCAA basketball tournament. I think the women get in. That's women for sure. I'm pretty bullish on Coach Yo and this team. They were really close last season. They're really talented. Shakira Austin's back. Madison Scott's back. They've added some talent. Yeah, they're they're good. Um, the only thing that holds me up with, with both making it is the SEC is just going to be so much better. I mean, somebody like to me that Ruffin's ready to go right now, and then Morrell takes a step to be able to kind of complement and be the big guard they have to have if Ruffin's going to be the point. Yeah, and and his name is escaping me. The big guy from Miami's got to be able to really produce. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's more of a rim protector, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say it can't just be defensively. He's got to be able to give you like eight to ten a game. and I, I'm pretty bullish on Ruffin. I, I think he'll be ready to play. I don't know if he'll be, you know, scoring 25, 30 a clip like he did in high school. I don't think that's at all an expectation for him. But um, I think he can give them enough to take the load off of Joiner and the rest of the uh, guards. But, yeah, it, the SEC being so stacked is just what's giving me pause because I think Alabama's going to be as good or better. Um I think Auburn's going to be going to be a pain in the ass like they always are with Bruce Pearl. Um, Kentucky is not going to be as bad as they were last year. Cal's going to figure it out. I mean, somebody like Kofi Cockburn from Illinois is in the portal. Who from the SEC is going to pick him up? Be Kentucky. I mean, the question is more the other end on who's going to suck or who's who are kind of guaranteed wins. And once you get past Vanderbilt, you kind of struggle to find a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, Mississippi State could be better. Um, yeah. I mean, Ole Miss could absolutely be better, but you just don't know. So, yeah, I'm selling that too. Yeah. Buy or sell, once Bianco leaves for whatever reason, I'm assuming KC is the AD at the time, Carter makes a replacement hire that has the vast majority of the fan base excited. Yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, Ole Miss is going to make a baseball coaching hire that has people excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – I still think it's Dan or Cliff. I, even in a year, I think it still is one of those two dudes. 
I just do. Yeah. Neither one went anywhere. It's not like Cliff's at LSU now when he's off the board. It's not like Dan went to Texas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sure. I mean, same deal. All we did we, was move the calendar for a year. Right. And we talked about it before the show started about the relationship with Dan McDonald and Chris Lamonis. They're, they're very close. Um, I think that helps Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm the idiot so. that thinks that's actually a positive because McDonald gets to be close to his God family. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, – I mean, He's that, a you kid know. at Ole Miss. He's a kid at State. Yeah, and, and I, I think y'all said it on the show, and I think people have mentioned it on the board. I mean, Dan McDonald and his wife were in Omaha cheering on Lamonis. Chris Lamonis. So, yeah, there's obviously something there. So, that only helps Ole Miss that Lamonis is in Starkville. Um, do you think – and I'll ask you this real quick. Do you, do you think – is there any job that he would leave for? Or do you think he's – Dan? No, Lamonis. Uh, I don't – I'm not getting into a scholarship debate, but State has done enough to offset some of those issues. I don't know of a negative with that program right now. Um, I, I was going to pay – to me, there's no move there that makes any sense for Chris Lamonis. No. No, yeah, I, I mean, agree. look, I, I guess if you go, if Vanderbilt said, "Hey, come replace Tim Corbin," you'd have to think about that or do it. But I mean, sure. beyond that, no. I mean, I, I think you can easily make the argument that once you get one of those jobs like that, um, you're, you're you're there. I mean, I, I think it would not shock me if Chris Lamonis is in Starkville for the next twenty years. No, I mean, it's you know we talked about it earlier this week. Now that they've won the title, I think that's legitimately solidified them as the top five elite program with mm -hmm. how often they get to Omaha. They have the title now. They played for one in 2013. Um, yeah, I mean, your, your AD is the former baseball coach. You have to think he's going to work with you. Um, yeah, I, I think he would be foolish to leave. Um, for, I know that, you know, people don't want to hear it, but, um, I mean, at this point, Mississippi State's baseball school. No, Basketball's – Basketball is no longer really a thing. Um, Football is whatever with Mike Leach. He might make a couple headlines, but I think they're going to be bad this year. It's a, it's a baseball school. And, and that's – I mean, they should embrace that. I mean, they're oh, – the, the, Look, look, they have become – yeah, look, their football team could easily change this. But mm -hmm. right now, Mississippi State – and I don't mean this is a negative university. I mean, Vanderbilt's this way with baseball. You're kind mm -hmm. of the power five Cal State Fullerton a little bit or something. You know what I mean? Like where that's mm – -hmm. That's where your identity is from a national level. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. Who's here longer, Bianco or Kiffin? Um, well, if we mean from this moment, I'm going to go Kiffin over Bianco. If we're going to say in total tenure, Lane Kiffin will not be the Ole Miss football coach for 21 seasons. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's good or bad if he was. Um, it would almost feel bad, right? Like something went yeah. – I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, it's like if Kiffin's only in Oxford for four years, you have to feel good as an Ole Miss fan because that meant that it went really well. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, buy or sell Joey Chestnut breaks his own record of 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. No, I think we're getting to the human threshold of what's possible from the uh, the, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. 75 okay. feels like it's so, – So, 75, and how – what's the time limit? 10 minutes. Jesus That's Christ. seven – I mean, do the math. Seven and a half hot dogs in ten per minute for ten minutes. That's so insane. Um, That's less than I ten mean, seconds per dog for ten minutes. 
I mean, this is a this, this is a legit who can say situation. I mean, I, who's going to doubt him at this point? <laughs> I do. I do want to. I want to know how many pancakes he can eat in a minute. I mean, I'm sure there's because does he have it? Who has it? I don't know. In 2007, I ate 12 in one minute. You ate 12 the, pancakes in one minute at the Tri-Delt House. Did you really? In Oxford, Mississippi, yeah. How big were the pancakes? And they were regular size. I did the Kobayashi though. They had everybody had a pitcher of water, and I was dipping them in the water. And that does help. Oh yeah, because I mean, if you go dry, I feel like it just expands in your mouth when you're trying to. Because like every, there were like three other guys that were that were just like throwing up or like gagging because they couldn't, and I was just soaking them in the water. Um, God, seventy-five in ten minutes. That's that's in. That's just insane. All right, so I got a couple different records um, for pancakes. I've got um, somebody ate 113 in eight minutes. Oh my god! So I got I got 113. Did they die after? Um, that was competitive eater Matt Megatoad Stone. Oh, Matt Stony. Sorry. Okay, Stony ate 113 in eight minutes. I should have read that. Oh, Meg- oh, oh yeah, Megatoad. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, the record for in an hour is uh, Erica Price in Tecumseh, Kansas in 2016. <laughs> she ate 1,127 in an hour. Who is, who is asking to eat pancakes for an hour? That's... It's, in the, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. My gosh. See, I did this as part of Bloodship. And it was, you know, I, uh, I that makes basically, didn't have a, basically didn't have a choice. But these people have a choice. That, that's, man. That's I mean, wild. that's intense. Yeah, that, that, that's so much, so much flour, so much eggs. I mean, I, I did. Those listen. are one ounce pancakes. I guess there's something called a wild egg pancake that's bigger. It's two and a half ounces. So two and a half times the normal size pancake. And the record for that is 50 in 10 minutes. Good Lord. Uh, Patrick Bertoletti. Holds that, that 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 record. Good for him. Uh, let's see. Um, now I've got dogs barking too. It's chaos in my house. Um, somebody pointing out the Field of Dreams poster is really dumb because of the uh, body posture that Kevin Costner stands with in the movie. Look, I this the whole movie's dumb. Okay. I'm so glad that somebody mentioned that. Uh huh. Because I've always said that, and it drives me insane. Because he's not he's leaning standing. against anything. He just has his yes. cross just kind of tilted. It's, it, it's like they had the bat in there and then they photoshopped it out. You think it's nobody nobody ever stands like that. Had you told me is a bat in that or not, I would have said yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember always I, I used to I, I liked parts of that movie. Was it, is it called the Mandela effect, right? Where like you think something that's different is <laughs> not true. Right. Yeah, I, I always thought the movie was fine. Like, I, Costner's obviously the GOAT, and I'm a big James Earl Jones fan from just being a, you know, growing up in the era of Sandlot. But I always, I was like, there's something, like, this movie's just not that good. It's just very overrated. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like you guys have nailed it with, y'all talked about it on the podcast a hundred times, but um, wait, so I'll ask you this. As much as y'all talk about Rocky, my buddy was over here last night, mm-hmm. and we have a we have a turtle here. 
my wife got a turtle when she was on spring break as a freshman. The turtle's been around ever since. Okay. So give it, let's see, 14 years. Okay. Yeah. So we, we have a turtle. Um, and he was like, oh, he like was, we were showing him the new house. And he was like, oh, you guys have a turtle like Rocky. Did Rocky have a turtle in Rocky one? Uh, he had two. They were named Cuff and Link. I could have sworn they were something else. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Turtles. Okay. Cuff yeah. and Link, that, that's great names. For some reason, I thought he had a bird. Well, he might have had a bird, too, but his Turtles were but, Cuff and Link. But I think he was – I think the bird thing was when he would go into the store. To see oh, Adrian. yeah, that's when he went and saw Adrian. And she, was, you know, she was cleaning the bird cage when she got, like – Yeah, that's right what it was. The kid. Okay, yeah. Never mind. So, yeah, okay, Cuff and Link. That's great names. All right, anyway. I'm going to continue now, but a couple things. This feels like it should be higher from a record standpoint. Joey Chestnut holds this record. Taco Bell soft beef tacos. To me, that's not much different than a hot dog. I guess because you have to, like, make sure you get the filling in and everything, and it's harder to eat. But the 10-minute record on those is only 53. I've done the I've done the ten minute challenge, where you do the party box. Yeah, I've done that. I did that the last time I did that was when we were in the Ozarks, played thirty six holes, and we went back to my buddy's lake house and, and we went through Taco Bell and I was like, just give me the party box; it'll be the easiest order, and I crushed them. Um, God, that's that's so many tacos. <laughs> but but. I mean, like for somebody like him, though, a professional eater, that's got to be just like, like I you think said, it has just to like be because dog. you got to make sure you get the cheese and the lettuce eaten. Yeah, but but like those things, they're so small, like the way they make them, like it is very, very, like the the ingredients, it, it, they're not packing those tortillas at all. The uh, but that's still impressive. The grossest one still remains the uh, the the dude Oleg, whatever his name is. He did 128 ounces of mayonnaise in eight minutes. Ugh, that's so. Yeah, Even that's, if you like mayonnaise, that is disgusting. Yeah, no, there's absolutely no way. So no way to segue out of that. Ole Miss football makes a New York <laughs> a, New, a New Year's Six bowl appearance this upcoming season. Barça. Ooh, um. I'm going to go just sell. I think they can go nine and three, but I'm going to guess that like that ends up like cap one or something and they just miss the cutoff. Because I think they're going four, nine and three. So I'm going to sell it with a possibility of it happening, but I'm going to go sell. Um, Just, just, just to combat you, I'll, I'll go buy. Okay. Because, okay. So how many New Year's six polls are there? Six. I guess that's why they call them New Year's Six. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Good Lord. It's Friday. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they could just miss it, like you said, um, which, again, wouldn't be the worst thing. Like, it's not like a failure of year or anything because um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that just I keep looking at the schedule and I feel like, like you said, nine and three is easily attainable, in my opinion. I think if the defense takes a takes a step or two, and I think they will, with with what the offense has coming back, um, I think the offensive line is going to be good, and I think with with Ely and Connor another year in the system, Mac Brown another year in the system, 
even without Elijah Moore, I think they're going to be explosive on offense. Um, and I think they've added some some really good pieces on defense. So I think that's kind of the X factor. Um, and the and the schedule sets up pretty nicely for them. I mean, I think they I think they sweep their non conference, and then uh, man, you take your chances with you know coin flip games at Auburn, A and M. I yeah, wouldn't even call it. I got a question in a second that's going to hit on that because okay. I, I think you make a good point. Is it doesn't on paper at least it doesn't take something crazy, but you have to win the games you uh, you're expected to win. Before we get to that, mm-hmm. quick, uh, and we've already really answered this. But buy or sell? Bianco's the coach in 2023. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that. I, I don't think he is. Yeah, I agree. I think there. Mike has one more season left. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Also brought to you by the Oxford Park Commission. If you want to play some adult kickball, you can do it, but you got to, the deadline to register is on July the 4th. Grab some friends. Join for an adult kickball league at M Trade Park this summer. The cost to play is $125 per team. No limit to roster size. The season will run from July the 7th through August the 4th. The deadline to register, like I said, is July 4th. Go to OxfordParkCommission.com for more details. We're brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson, Mississippi. Pinpoint uh, services the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss graduates, and they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for the clients. Pinpoint's core services include tenant representation, site selection, acquisition and disposition of income-producing assets, development and occupancy for landlords as well. Uh, Pinpoint takes pride in its attention to detail, professionalism, and uh, hard work. For all your commercial real estate needs, please give Sam and BB a call at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Lamons is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard. They've been serving the Oxford area for almost 75 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. You can visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-2342-777. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. It's the name you can trust. With more than 50 years of professional HVAC experience in Oxford, Tupelo, and the surrounding area, 662-801-1777 for all of your heating and cooling needs. Again, Comer Heating and Air, 662-801-1777. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In uh, Ridgeland, uh, the College Corner is right next door to uh, Fleet Feet. And in Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, that's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. So whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle provides detailed, specialized investment management financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more 
At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity and decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Cookie cutter financial planners put you in a box. Pinnacle builds a box just for you. To learn more, go to Pintrust.com. That's P-I-N-N Trust.com. Um, this one. Buy or sell, Ole Miss takes care of business in the non-con and has W's against Arkansas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State, giving at least eight wins without even knowing the outcomes of Bama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M. So, essentially, the buy or sell is that you believe Ole Miss will beat Louisville, its three other non-cons, and then Arkansas, Tennessee, Vandy, and State. Oh, I'm buying that. Because it's Ole Miss and they do dumb things, I think they go <laughs> – seven and one in those eight and then beat somebody else from the other group. Man, man. I, which could happen, which if, which if it does, who cares if you're an Ole Miss fan, but yeah, I think uh, seeing how Kiffin coached in some of those games last year, particularly Arkansas and state, I feel like this year, if he can, he is going to try to put a 50 burger on everybody. What is um, the most losable game of those eight, in your opinion? It's Louisville or Tennessee, right? I honestly would say it's Arkansas or Tennessee. Do you think so? Okay. Just because Arkansas is just so stupid and weird for whatever reason. Okay. I, I honestly think Ole Miss is at least two scores. I think, I think Ole Miss is anywhere from like a 14.5 to 16-point favorite against Louisville. Okay. I, I just don't think they can score. Fabius says, Chase, do you think Bianco was played by Scott Woodward? Was anybody else played by him? Um, played can be interpreted a couple different ways. But, yeah, I think Mike went into that interview expecting to get the job and take it. I think that's probably a fair um, – Yeah you know, assessment of things at this moment. I think that's probably it. I mean, look, Woodward definitely was the puppet master in this. He placated the old guard. He got the guy or at least one of the guys that he felt like was enough of a splash. When he finally does hire Jay, John Jay Johnson, he um, kind of gets Mike to pull out because I fully think somebody around Woodward is who leaked that. Um, it would make no sense for anyone else to leak it in the process. So, yeah, I think to, to some extent that is absolutely a buy. Um, because you have to think that Mike expected one thing and that did not happen as that was playing out. Question here, interesting one. Why is Cut's legacy not as bad as Tuberville's? He never seems to get flack for, uh, what to say, giving away the West in 2001. I don't think Tuberville actually has a bad legacy. I mean, he didn't get a lot of help. He's coming off probation and he put the program back in pretty good uh, footing. I mean, from an Ole Miss standpoint, Tuberville did a pretty hell of a job. Um, I, I don't think he has a bad legacy at all. He's also appreciated a little more in some ways as time moves on. Tuckliff or Tubby? Uh, Tub. Tub. Yeah, I mean, I think that Tuberville was – I mean, I think he was pretty close to being someone like Kiffin, who was kind of like a trailblazer, does his – kind of has his own style type thing. Um, kind of a defensive Kiffin in a way. Yeah, but, but he was a kind of a guy that, like, doesn't really take anyone's shit. He's going to do what he wants. He has his own way of doing lot. things. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think he would have stayed at Ole Miss if Auburn hadn't come calling. And you can't really. And Ole Miss got a commitment. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, he tried to practice in a parking lot to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is that, that's a good point. I mean, Cutcliffe for you know no fault of his own was judged for you know oh you were bad the year after one of the greatest players ever in program history leaves. That was always kind of silly to me that, you know, he was canned a year after. It was like, what, what did you expect to happen? Um, the justification in that is they simply didn't put a complete roster full of talent around Eli there at the end, and then it, it really had fallen off. I mean, you look at it and – from a total roster standpoint, Cutcliffe's best uh, best teams were kind of that 99 to 01 and some teams that he didn't recruit. Um, the overall talent yeah. around Eli had fallen off. That's always the one thing that gives me pause when I, you know, say that Jack Kelly is the best quarterback in Ole Miss history. And then, you know, honestly, I think Matt Corral is – if he has a good 2021 season, he can get in that conversation. But – the one thing that gets me to where I'm like, man, you can't really argue with Eli, though, is because Chad had so much better talent around him. I mean, Eli had nothing. Yeah, Eli's not throwing to, to Quan and Evan. And, <laughs> and, and, and dudes. That, his Chris he Collins, Bill Flowers, Tay Biddle. Kerry Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. It was a talent Ron discrepancy Kerry. there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, a little, little different deal, a little different deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, because Ole Miss only went 13-10 and 10 in Eli's first two years. Yeah. Not, well, sorry, 14-10 and 10 counting the bowl. They went 7-6 and six and 7-4. and four. Yeah. But, yeah, that is, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's – yeah, it's very peculiar how they're portrayed differently, their tenures are. Barso, Matt Corral uh, receives Heisman votes at the end of the year. To think he's going to get Heisman votes, you have to think he goes at least nine and three and probably ten and two. I, I was going to say I'm going to sell because I think he would. I think he would need to go ten and two to be in the conversation. Yeah, but now a Heisman vote means does somebody give him a third place vote? Does he get one vote? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Sure, who could I mean, who could know. say? Yeah, but right. yeah, I mean, I I think to be in the in the legitimate conversation, he's got to go ten and two. Like it's got to be beat everybody, and not only beat them, but put up really good numbers, and then lose to Bama and A and M, and that's it. You got to beat everybody else. And see, the odd thing there is, you almost feel like he needs one of those wins. It's kind of a showcase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like you almost got to have that one where you go, oh, that happened. Okay. Well, yeah, you got you got to have your Heisman moment. I mean, that feels fair for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, buy or sell, Lane stays at Ole Miss longer if he lands Arch. Um, I don't know that it has a ton of impact, but, yeah, I'll say bye. I do think that would play into him staying longer, sure. Yeah, I, I think I would buy that because I think that would be part of the the recruiting pitch or 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a recruiting guarantee, but I feel like the Coop's parents would probably want to know. Like, hey, it would have to look like, pretty stable. Yeah, sure. Right, right, yeah. Arso, um, um, one true freshman position player, is an every game player by Hoover next year. Obviously, that's a baseball question. Um, Jackson Job. He's not a position player, and he's not showing. Um, I'm flipping through right now. He's a, two, he's a two-way player, though, Chase. He's a pitcher. No, stop. Because um, we know we're, they're doing a lot of actual two-way time with, their, with the guys right now. Um, no, I, I'm going to sell. I mean, look, I could get surprised by somewhere. And, like, a guy like John Kramer, he's out of, uh, out of St. Louis – if you told me he ended up playing in the outfield because they don't have a ton of pure outfielders and that could be whatever, sure. But I think that's probably the only one. Like, I don't see Riley Maddox breaking in as an everyday player at third base. Um, I don't think Taiwan Malone's going to play first base next year. So, yeah. yeah. Kramer is the one that gives me a little bit of pause if some certain things fell, fell, fell certain ways. But I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to sell. I think that they're, uh, they have no true freshman position players at the end of the year. Just a guess. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that kind of points to what they have coming back. Yeah, it's a small yeah. class. I mean, they're just they're only at three or four options. Period. Yeah, so I would I would sell that. I think just mostly because they have most of what they need returning. So yeah, buy sell. Baseball attendance is similar to the end of April 2013. By the end of April 2022. Uh, 2013 was the closest Mike's ever been on the hot seat other than maybe that time in 2019. Um, actual attendance was really poor at the end of 2013. You could, you could see the empty spots in the stadium. I went back and looked back then and like concessions had fallen. A lot of stuff had happened at the end of 13 that made that. Um, I don't know that it's going to get that small, but I do think you're, you could easily see, some level of actual attendance decrease in 2022. Yeah, I would say I I agree there. I don't think it will get that small at all just because of what baseball has become. It's become this event that people – And they're they're not going to suck, I don't think. I mean, I I do need to see some pitching. They do have some pitching issues, but for the most part, I don't think they're going to go roll out of 10 and 20. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like for for all the folks that – that want Mike Bianco gone. They want him canned. They they want him out of here. I mean, they have hardly ever been just got – I mean, they never have. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the one season that they were, I guess, quote-unquote terrible. But other than that, I mean, it's consistent. So, um, Which of the following are here at the end of the 2022-2023 school year? Kermit, Lane, Mike. Mike's in the uh, Yeah, I'd say Kermit and Kiffin. Okay. I'm I mean, curious it, to see kind of what basketball looks like the next 24 months. Not necessarily that Kermit's on the hot seat or fired. I don't mean that. But I do think they're in an interesting fan involvement kind of a lot of demarcation right now. Right. Um, Bench, Elko, and Graham are all in the 2022 lineup by or sell. I'm 50-50 on Tim Elko. I feel pretty good about the other two. But I think it's more likely that maybe something weird happens with one of the other two or something. So I'm going to sell that, but I'm almost 50-50. It would not shock me at all if Bench, Elko, and Graham were all in the 2022 lineup. But I think it hinges on Tim. 
Yeah, if I'm Tomoko, I might just roll the dice and come back and see what I can get NIL-wise. Yeah, I don't I mean, see him. I mean, his, his, his draft stock is not high enough to at least consider just giving it a go. Yeah. I mean, but if I somebody takes one. I mean, it's, it's really close. Yeah, because, I mean, there could certainly be someone that is like, man, look what he did on a torn ACL. Imagine what he can do when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Take a flyer on him in, like, the 14th. Sure. I mean, if that happens, yeah, you absolutely take it. But but here's the problem um, with the 14th. What are you actually getting money-wise? Because that's outside the top 10 slot rounds. I mean, unless people somebody has money left over, your max is $125,000. Yeah, so that's like – and that's why I think he probably comes back is because, I mean, at this point, I mean, his – you know, we, 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 we joked about it all year with like, oh, the legend continues to grow. But, I mean, he's he's built this whole – you know, he, he has a – you know, he is a legend with what he, with, with what happened this year. Um, so, he can come back and be a beloved player on the team. And with NIL now, I mean, he could get a couple sponsorships. He's a very likable guy. Um, it seems like across all sports, everybody likes him, supports him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unless he goes top ten rounds, I mean, he could be back for sure. Barcel, the Titans are in the AFC Championship. Ooh, I'll buy that. That's your I question. They, Tell me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll buy that. I mean, the, I think the offense um, certainly reloaded, obviously, with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. But, you know, as long as he's not, you know, in a wheelchair when he's not playing like he was uh, last year, I mean, he'll be, he'll be fine. I mean, Derrick Henry is, you know, if he stays healthy, he's as good as he can be. Um, but, they, but they loaded up defensively. And I think that that's where they really needed it. Um, now, I'm, I'm glad they said AFC Championship game because I still don't think they could beat the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, I could see that. Okay. Well, thank you, Word Board. Uh, buy or sell, rebelgrove.com signs or makes a deal with an athlete that stars at Ole Miss to do a weekly pod appearance during the season they play in. Wow. I mean, look, we're interested in some of these things if they come about, but I need to know dollar amounts, and I also need to know what am I getting? I mean, you got to have a guy who's, A, allowed and willing to really talk about something interesting. It can't be a press conference-type environment on the podcast. And then, you know, they've got to be pretty good in front of a microphone. So, I mean, there are guys that I think I would be willing to target and maybe you get something out of, but I think it's a little more – it's a little bit of a tougher deal than just automatically, hey, let me go grab so-and-so, and this is going to be awesome. There, there's some other factors at play there on what exactly this looks like. And, frankly, what this looks like from a what the staff or the sports information departments try to to enact on them that they can talk about or not talk about. So I'm I don't probably going to push – It's kind of complicated. I'm probably going to push for Matt Corral just mostly because I want him to partner with Golden Corral. Um because of how you and Neil besmirched uh, buffets. Um, that's that's more than fair. But if the uh, the thing with dream whatever is any indication, I can't afford Matt Corral um, if he's going to stick to that <laughs> that price tag. So, hey, shoot your shot, man. Ten thousand dollars seems a little steep for the Potato Log podcast. <laughs> just just I don't even know. We, we, we do all right, but I don't know. Um, I don't even I don't even know if that was Vinny Chase's number back in the day. I know I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. It's been def- it was definitely pre head on if it was. So um, I think that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. Uh, 
from uh, political commentary. He's put this a couple different places, and I, I didn't avoid it. I just kind of forgot to go back and answer. Do you think Ole Miss and State's talent level is comparable from 18 to 21? If they have more depth, is it because of being better at building depth through scouting and development or scholarships? If it's scouting and development and not scholarships providing the depth advantage, why do people close to the program lean on the scholarship excuse instead of focusing on how to get better? Um, well, a couple different things there. I do think the talent level was very comparable. I do. Um, people next to the program don't lean on the scholarship thing. Frankly, I can't make Mike Bianco talk about the scholarship thing. They completely ignore that. Um, it's more real than the staff makes it give credit for. Now there's people around the program that will talk about it, but I don't feel like that from a staff or an excuse standpoint or something Mike's going to harp on with Keith in, a, in, a, in an exit meeting after the end of the season. I think the focus on scholarships is more of when you make a change, you just have to make sure somebody understands it and gets it. Not that it's the end all be all, not that it's a huge excuse maker, not that it's, I mean, I had a post in that thread last week about all the things Ole Miss could do to be better that don't mention the word scholarships. And it was eight, nine, 10 things. I mean, there are a lot of things Ole Miss baseball can do better to, to improve their postseason standing despite just having more scholarships. Mm-hmm. But it can't be ignored. You can't just grab a guy and go, hey, come recruit here, and they have no idea how to manage that in that way or whatsoever. Because, I mean, you know, you've just got to hit on the guys you're really paying a lot of money for, and then you got to convince some other dudes that you're the best spot and to take less money. I mean, I think, like, Ryan Rollison was on, like, a 35% scholarship. That's fairly incredible um, when, yeah. you, when you look at it. So it's a complicated deal. Um, other schools do have more depth because of that. But, no, I don't feel like that's – necessarily why state has uh, has done what they've done now look i do think you have to at least consider the south tennessee west alabama stuff when you're putting in okay how many in-state guys does state have well that's essentially in-state for them because of the way they wave out-of-state scholarships so you have to factor that in but even beyond that now state's done a really good job of developing arms developing talent they've got a lot of juco guys lamonis has done one hell of a job i mean that's that's not debatable i mean when when those questions were coming up several years ago of, hey, if Mike's gone, who would you hire? I was pretty steadfast on Chris Lamonis, and I think that's bared out that he's a hell of a college baseball coach. So it's it, it's everything. State has done a little bit with their university to uh, to assist the baseball program, and they've maximized the ability, the talent, and the depth in a, in, in a way that Ole Miss is not from a, from a recruiting and development standpoint. You know, I think – you know, just from a pitching standpoint, one of the things is I think Ole Miss could use some variety. I don't think the entire pitching staff has to throw 94 with a slider. Yeah. Different things, find some different things. I, I, th- I think there is, especially at the college level, some value in some in some quirk, if you will, when, when you're putting a roster together. And sometimes you have niche players that fill certain roles. Well, if that's a role that you have a hard time filling, then find a guy that goes and, and fills it, not just, you know, kind of the, the the robotic way that they recruit sometimes from a prospect standpoint. The Oxford Exxon Podcast, also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values and unique benefits simply not available to other travelers. John traveled the globe for more than 37 years before getting into the travel business. He knows the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He'll give you options and no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or J Edwards at regencytravel.net. First time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. 
We're also brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha Specialties is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to shows and markets, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars, and more. They can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. Uh, For podcast listeners, they've got spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. They also do all types of truck accessories, and they can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. So give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. They're stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. That's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Duckhead, Halsey, True Grit, and more. You can visit them at 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or at therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevrolet vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Give Joey a call or a text on his cell, 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for or stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting. Let him earn your business. And with any purchased vehicle, just mention the Oxford Exxon Podcast or the Soft Verbal Podcast, you get a $50 gas card. And we're brought to you by LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. It's the place to go for the freshest cuts of meat in and around Oxford, whether that's beef or pork or chicken or seafood or the homemade sausages, plate lunches, whatever the case may be. Everything at LB's is absolutely spectacular. The uh, stuffed jalapenos, the stuffed mushrooms, the list just goes on and on. The bacon-wrapped asparagus, it's all incredible uh, quality. You'll absolutely love it. Just go in, stop in, tell Greg Jones that you heard about LBs on the Oxford Exxon podcast or any of our MPW digital network of programs, and he'll throw a little something extra in the bag, and he'll make sure that you leave really excited and happy with everything that you've got coming your way from LBs Meat Market. Well, if you look at that 2014 team, it's pretty much what you're asking for. It was very balanced um, pitching staff. I mean, you had, you know, somebody like Chris Ellis who could run it up there with some nice velo, but then you had Christian Trent who was a crafty lefty. Um, you had Sam Smith who kind of did a little bit of everything um, on Sunday, but then Scott Weathersby, Aaron Greenwood, um, Laxer. you know, Josh Laxer. You had Jer- Jeremy Massey was a crafty guy. Yeah, I mean, they had a little bit of everything. Um it was also the last maybe, – maybe the last time. I'm sure there probably was one more year, and somebody will point that out to me. It might be the last year that their top four outfielders were all traditional outfielders too, and they didn't have a converted infielder. Right, yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that was – Because that was J.B. Woodman, Will Jamison, Bousfield, and Braxton Lee. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, all guys that grew up playing outfield. So, yeah, the thing with, with State that I feel like is such a – is such an X factor um, is – and we talked about it a little bit earlier this week, but, I mean, they just – there's just some minds – there's just a mindset that they have, and they've had it for the last, like, eight to ten years where it's just it, – it, it, no matter the situation, no matter the the stage, and no matter who it is, that entire roster, no matter the year, is not going to shrink from the moment, and they are going to relish. It's like they, they, they're fighting over who is going to get the big hit, who is going to get the big strikeout. And, look, I mean, credit to every single head coach they've had, every single roster they've had. That's something that is hard. I mean, it, it's almost you, – you can't teach that. That is a mindset. That's a mentality that is hard to cultivate in a program. And they have somehow figured out a way to where, by God, those, those players, they don't care. Yeah. I mean, they, they – and that's, I think that's such a huge intangible to have. But, yeah, I mean, the question – I mean, the, the, the talent is certainly comparable. I mean, you could probably make the argument that Ole Miss has had better players. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just they just figure out a way, and it's as a as a baseball fan, it you know on an Ole Miss podcast, it probably people get mad at me for saying it, but I but it I appreciate it. I mean, it's something that is is hard to do. It's hard to coach players to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by ourselves, the Supreme Court's ruling that the NCAA cannot limit academic benefits will allow schools to exceed the eleven point seven scholarship limit. That is a sale. Title IX still in effect, so no, that is uh, yeah, that yeah. is that is that is a sale. That is not having any, any impact on that whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, by ourself, five gets the game three of a super next season, and the Rebs lose by one run. Does Keith Carter extend him yet again? That is worst case scenario all the way around for everyone. I mean, that is that is absolute worst case. Um, I'm gonna go no. But I'll be honest, that's the one predicament where I don't really understand what would happen at that point. Anything short of that, I feel like I know, and anything more than that, I feel like I know. But that's a sweet spot that would give me pause. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's that's just that's putting Keith Carter in a real bind. Um is up 6-5 in the ninth of a game three, and somebody hits a two-run walk-off. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it's just baseball. It's such a weird sport, and – and I, you know, people always, you know, hate the whole. Like, well, that's baseball, but like, it, it kind of is. Yeah. Barcel, Jameis is the Saints' starting quarterback for all seventeen regular season games and at least one playoff game. Uh, I'll sell. Something will happen weird one game at least. I do think he's the starting quarterback, and I think they have a shot at the playoffs. But I'm going to sell on that. I, I don't. I don't know that I trust that he's going to start eighteen straight games. Who starts besides him? Taysom. I mean, it would be Taysom if we're just talking about a one one off for a week. You know what I mean? And it might be that okay. anyway, but I I think it would definitely not be like whoever the backup ends up being beyond Taysom. I was I was gonna say who's who who else is in that room? I mean, it's a well, I mean, they drafted Ian Book. I don't know what they'll try to do with him. I don't know. I like yeah. Ian Book and Nerdy. He's fine. Whatever. Uh, we both think Ole Miss is over their seven and a half win total. That's that's a buy from both of us. That's easy money. Yeah. 
And then uh, it's close. Somebody said buy or sell. This podcast happens today. Well, obviously it did. I'm not patient <laughs> enough, so I'll completely buy that. It did happen. Hey, we 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 defied the odds today. We we both had a lot going. We had on. a lot going on. You got people all in your house. I've got kids and dogs. I mean, it's a it's a zoo over here. We're 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 getting things done. It's a it's it's all good. So. We uh, hope you guys enjoy your 4th of July, your holiday weekend. Be safe. Don't, like, shoot yourself in the eye with a firework or anything. So don't do that. We don't need hospital visits out there in our uh, in our podcast family. Hope you have a good weekend. We'll be back with a, uh, a normal podcast on Monday, as far as I'm aware of. I think Neil will be back in town by then. So um, until then, have a safe time. Enjoy your, uh, your weekend. And we'll talk to you again very, very soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.